Well, good morning or good afternoon or evening, Hilltop. We're so excited to have you with us online this week. We, uh, as you can probably tell, we had to switch things up a little bit this week, but as of today, the day that you're watching this, we're back on track. We are having in-person services again. Hopefully some of you were able to attend those if not this week, then hopefully next Sunday, we really encourage that. And as always, it's amazing to be with you online. Um, last week, Pastor Daryl started our new series, Managing Your Emotions. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this series. If you haven't listened to last week's message, you've got to go back and you've got to watch it because it's stellar. It lays such a awesome foundation for this whole series. Uh, basically, God hears God heals, God delivers. One of my favorite uh, quotes from the whole message is we've got to learn how to manage our emotions or these times are gonna manage us. What a great statement. It could not be more true or more just clear how true that statement is than now. I mean, we're, we're going through chaos culturally. The church, is being roiled by division and just strife and conflict. And all of these things have a source. They don't just come from nowhere. They have a source. And you may think, oh yeah, the source is just major issues. It's actually smaller than that. There, these, these things come from us believing lies from the enemy. And I don't want to just talk about major issues today. That's actually not the point of my message. I want to just simply talk about relational unity and how emotional health plays into that. You know, being aware of our emotions is just so critical. And when we don't uh, pay attention to what's going on, we get thoughts and feelings that just brew. And the next thing you know, we have this feeling of just, I don't want to be here. And that's what my message is called today. I don't want to be here. Hopefully I can break that apart for you a little bit, make it make sense. Um, my intention is for this to be a simple, applicable message. Uh, that's my prayer. Speaking of prayer, let's, um, we, should, we should pray. We should pray together. I'd want to pray for you guys as you listen to this. I want to pray for myself. Father, I just bring us before you as Hilltop Church, every single person that's listening to this. And Lord, I bring myself before you, God, I ask that you would help us, Lord. Give us insight from your word into how we ought to live. Give us clarity, God, in the midst of emotional turmoil, Lord, in the midst of a cultural chaos, God. I ask that you would give us clarity from the word of God for how we are to manage our emotions and overcome these things that come against us. Lord, I ask that you would create such a great unity in the church. God, use this message, Lord. I ask that you would deliver us. Lord, deliver us from the attacks of the enemy. Lord, deliver us, Lord, from the things that want to tear us apart, Lord, and diffuse the impact of our lives, diffuse the impact of the church. Lord, I ask that you would give us the tools that we need and the clarity that we need, Lord, to live emotionally flourishing and healthy lives, Lord, to have relationships that are flourishing. So, Lord, I pray, be with us during this next 20 or so minutes, God. I ask that you'd give us grace to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I, I, you know, starting out this message, this is very, you know, all of us struggle emotionally. I think this is a great time to just take and accept that fact. That is just so, it's true more than ever. I mean, uh, we've definitely, I think, all come to terms with the fact like, oh, wow, I'm not as strong emotionally as I thought I was this past year. And one of the places that plays out is in our relationships. You know, I don't know about you, uh, but the shower is an interesting place for me. It's, 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 you know, I'm a big routine person. I love routines. I'm working on, you know, getting more routines in my life. Exercise is one of those that kind of is not as great, you know, not as strong a routine, but one that is strong uh, in my day is, is my daily shower. I can't function. I mean, my wife can tell you, like, it's it just, I don't, I, I can't wake up unless I have a shower. And, you know, there are days here and there that in the shower, I start to have, like, out of nowhere, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but out of nowhere, I start to have, like, this argument in my head about something I didn't even know I cared about. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. Or maybe it is something I knew I cared about, and it's, like, been, you know, going around in my head. I've been trying to think it through and figure out what the person's intentions were. And next thing you know, in the shower, I'm having, like, this full-blown argument with them. And it's, it's like, it gets me like feeling emotions that I wasn't feeling before I stepped into that shower. I don't know if you probably have experienced this. Um, if not, maybe you're just more sane person than me. But um, it's real. Like these emotions just come up. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't even know I cared about this. I didn't even know that this was like how I felt about this. And I think these are interesting times, actually. I think that opportunities like that are God trying to show us that something's there and that something needs to be dealt with and that we need to take an emotional inventory of it and submit it to him and have him speak to us. And this is where I think we, uh, this is, uh, is where I think we kind of, we, we fall off the tracks. We really just drive right off the road is that instead of doing that, we just let these emotions take over a life of their own in our minds and the next thing you know, our relationships get just infested with poison because one little thing that that person says that we have that argument in our mind about, they say this one little thing, or maybe it's something they don't say. Maybe it's the slightest little facial expression. I'm telling you, it's the st- I've been around church for a long time. Like, I'm not that old, but I've been around church my whole life. It's the stupidest stuff. It's the stupidest stuff that we let to come into our mind and start to, oh yeah, confirm. Yeah, yeah, that, that confirms how I felt about that person. Instead of submitting it to God and letting him define what we should be thinking and feeling. And that is the life of the Christian. God defines it. We don't just let our flesh define things. And let me tell you this. There is an enemy. This is the, I know you're like, what? Talk about the devil and a message about emotional health? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what? The devil is real. He actually has a, there's an intention to pull apart your life, to pull apart your relationships, to pull apart your church. You know, there's, there's things that God has for you to do. There is a purpose on your life, whether or not you know that purpose, God has a, a, a job for you to do. He has a ministry for you to do. You might not be called to be a full-time pastor or something, but every single one of us has a ministry to do. 
Every single one of us is desperately needed in our witness of the gospel to the world to show up for the broken and the needy. But here's the thing. You can't do that on your own. You cannot, Lone Ranger, fulfill the purpose that God has given to your life. It's just not going to happen. You're going to be burnt out. You will dry up and you will be no good for accomplishing the work of the gospel unless you can get relational unity Right. You're going to bounce around from thing to thing to thing to thing, never planting yourself and bearing fruit. I think it's Psalm 1 that says that. It's a beautiful psalm. But the righteous are like trees planted by streams of living water, bearing fruit in their season. That's never going to happen. If you're bouncing around, if you're believing the worst and then leaving thing after thing, relationship after relationship, you can't, you can't bear the fruit that God wants you to bear in your life if you keep doing that. And that's what I want to get after here today. I want to get into scripture here. I want us to turn to, hopefully you have your Bible. Um, if you do, I'll just give you a second here to turn to 1 Peter 5. Um, we're going to start in... I think our, our goal is to get to verse 8, but let's start in verse 5 because this is a very interesting passage. Um, 1 Peter 5, 5. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries, the ESV says, anxieties. Give your anxieties and cares to God, for he cares about you. And here's our verse about our enemy. Verse 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Is it sci-fi to talk about the devil in 2021? I hope it isn't because he's real. He's after you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So there it is. We have our picture of what the devil looks like, what he acts like. He is looking for ways, inroads into your life, ways that he can devour you, ways that he can devour your relationships. You know, like I said, if, if there's going to be one way that he kills your efficacy, kills your effectiveness as a Christian, it's going to be by dismantling the relationships that support you, the relationships that God has put into your life so that you can accomplish what he has for you. Revelations says that he's the accuser of the brethren. I think that's just such a powerful, interesting picture. He's always accusing there's, there's, he's basically vying any way that he can to pull apart the body of Christ. There's a pattern that we see here. It's very interesting. The, the first part that I read, I think it's so important that we would humble ourselves because God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Let me tell you, Relationship is not easy. I think you probably have figured that out by now in your life. Relationship is hard. Marriage. The devil is after marriages, folks. He is so after marriages. He's after families. 
He's going to do anything to pull them apart. He's after your work relationships to sow insecurity and fear into you. He's after the church. He would like nothing more than to pull apart the thing that God has instituted to spread the gospel, to reach the broken and the hurt. And you can be part of the solution or you can be part of the problem. The devil could use you. The devil uses a lot of Christians to pull apart the church. You don't have to be part of that. But there is a pattern that you're going to have to follow. You're going to have to submit yourself to God. Humble yourself before the mighty power of God so that he can give you grace in your relationships. And this is one of the ways that we stand firm against the devil. I want to go to another passage of scripture. James 4, 7. And we're going to read 4-7, and then we're actually going to go back, and we're going to read the whole thing. Because I think a lot of us have heard this verse, and we need to hear it in context. So let's read 7 first. 4-7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's such a clear pattern here. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. He goes on about repentance. It's beautiful. But there's this clear thing about resisting the devil. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Simple three-step process. I think none of us really uh, have mastered. Let's go back to the beginning of chapter 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? He's talking about the church. James is. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Ooh, now we're getting a little personal. We're getting it at the core of why we have enmity. You know, there's a reason that it says humble yourselves before God. It's because we have pride, which breeds insecurity, which breeds doubt about other people. And that insecurity, that's that's the fertile seedbed that the devil sows those seeds of doubt into about other people. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate with the spirit, that the spirit that he's placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. There it is again, that grace. As the scriptures say, and keep in mind, this is all in the context of relational unity in the church. This is talking about fights and quarrels among you. Verse 6, he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There it is again, the same thing as in 1 Peter. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and and he will flee from you. You know, if we just did this simple thing, you know, of humbling ourselves before God and resisting the devil. He would flee from us. He wouldn't be able to pull us apart the way that he does. He wouldn't be able to destroy our relationships 
and sow these seeds of insecurity? How do we submit? The ESV says, submit ourselves before God. How do we do that? You can't submit something you haven't identified. You're going to have to identify, you know, when you have that moment in the shower, you know, you can't just, it, it, this, this isn't about just passively letting these emotions happen to you and letting this argument in our heads, trying to prove ourselves right. And as, as we argue back and forth in our head in the shower and we have like this, this anger that just overcomes us, we have to identify and take an inventory of that emotion. So this is one practical thing I want to encourage us to start doing. Take an emotional inventory. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Find the source of it and then talk to God about it. It's so simple. Submit yourself. Humble yourself before God. Why humble ourselves? Because that word means that we're taking our emotions and we're saying, God, I, I, I know something's wrong. I feel right. I want to feel right with this person. I feel like they're, they're, they might have something against me. But God, what do you say? What are your thoughts? What is your heart about this matter? If we let God speak into it right there, it would diffuse so much in our relationships. There's another thing that, and then we resist the devil. You don't just let these thoughts hit you. I got to tell you, in my own life, in some of the most important relationships in my life, there are thoughts that the enemy, I know it's the enemy, trying to sow them in my mind and, and play off of little insecurities I have or little things that happened in the past. And I have to recognize it and stop it and say, no, I'm not going to listen to that. That's the enemy. We, that might sound sci-fi to you, but it shouldn't. The enemy really is after you to get after your thoughts and plant that poison in your head. And you have to stop it. You have to submit yourself to God and you have to resist the devil and then he flees from you. It's amazing. But if we don't do this, you know, it's like, it's like I said, we're going to have this feeling of just all of a sudden, all the joy that we had. Let's say in serving in church. I see this all the time. But like, we're serving, it's joyful, we're happy. And then the next week, something changed and you just don't find out what's wrong. But the per- I've seen, I've seen, I've served with people where just their countenance is just not the same. They're just, they're, I can tell something's off and it's because the joy is gone. But then, you know, they, if they don't talk to the person that they have the issue with, they just are going to, that emotion's going to fester. And you find out down the line that true enough, something was festering. Something was, and it was small. It started out so small and little things would confirm it one after the other because they didn't deal with it and they didn't go to the person. And this brings us to the words of Jesus, which I think would be really, really helpful for us to look at right about now. Matthew 5, 23, the Sermon on the Mount. Let's all go there. And then I promise we're going to wrap this up. Matthew 5, 23. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember, it pops into your head, that someone has something against you, you know that something's not right in your relationships, something is off, there's a, bit of, there's a weird mojo, the vibe is whack, you just get that feeling, you know that, you know what, something is not right with this relationship. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Quit doing church. Now, I don't mean stop going to church. I mean, don't play church. Don't just go through the motions is what Jesus is saying. Go to the person. 
Don't just pretend that the issue doesn't exist. It's time to go to the person. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This is so powerful. You know, this is the, the, one of the clearest pictures of how Jesus is indicating we should do church. Doing church is not going through motions, guys. Doing church is being real with one another. It's actually going and communicating. It's not just having conversations in our head that we're allowing the devil to infiltrate and to manipulate and to uh, control. We're going to the person and we're communicating clearly. We're saying, what's, you know, I feel like something might be wrong. What is wrong? Communicate clearly. Own your emotions. Don't project your emotions onto the person, but talk with them. Actually have a real conversation. You know, I think one of the reasons that this has been such a hard year is we all had to, due to lockdowns and, and the such, we've all had to dive into our digital lives. And there's a lot of, uh, it, 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 there's no better time to have a pandemic like this uh, than a time period where we have Zoom, we have video communication, but a lot of us haven't picked up the phone. We haven't had real conversations with people. And this, this just grieves my heart so much because what's happening is we've decided a good way to have conversations is to take a contextless, well, it has context, it has our own context. We take a statement, we're just like, you know what? My context, all the information that I've gathered, I've got this statement that I want to say. And you just shoot it out into the void for everybody to read. And they get to interpret it through their context, which may be completely different than yours and has nothing to, and then the interpretation is totally different. And there's no real conversation, but we're going to pretend that it is a real conversation. And then, I don't know if you ever, you know, you ever text somebody and got things wrong? Pretty, pretty soon on, and my wife and I, Amy and my relationship, we, we found, you know what? We're not going to text anything important. We're going to get on the phone and we're going to talk about it. Why? Because you can't tell tone through, uh, through text. You can't tell tone through just a simple word. We've, we're taking, and it, look, I know that it sounds stupid that I'm riffing on this, and I, I promise we're, we're going to close soon. But we're taking little things, punctuation changes in text. I kid you not. This is literally how our, like, my generation, Generation Z, we're literally taking and blowing out of proportion simple little things like punctuation in text messages and ruining the feelings that we have about relationships over that. Instead of picking up the phone that we're holding and actually having a real conversation with the person, which we, any of us can do, better yet, go meet with them one-on-one. Go meet with them one-on-one. Have, sit down. Actually have a real-life conversation. You, if you do that, even with the person that you think hates you the most, you will most likely find a bridge. More times than not, you're going to find a bridge. But with the ones that you love, it's not even an option. You have to do it. You cannot afford to go any other way. We've got to get off social media and stop putting contextless statements out into the void that don't have a real conversation to them. We've got to start having real conversations again. Or otherwise, the devil is going to play us like a fiddle. I'm telling you, he is working the church over because we are not submitting ourselves to God and humbling ourselves before him and resisting the devil when it comes to these thoughts and these emotions that we have about each other.
So practically, what do we do about this? I want to leave you with, with a couple practicals. Start taking an emotional inventory. When you start feeling something about someone, talk to God about it. That is your first step. It, it takes humility. It takes lowering our defenses. It takes assuming the best for us not to just let that thing run out of control and control our lives, but instead to humble ourselves and say, God, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I want to talk to you about it. I want to actually, Lord, what are you saying? What is your heart? Am I assuming the best of this person? And then from there, you go to the person, just like Jesus said, and you actually have a real conversation. You don't just send them a text. You don't just shout something on social media for everyone else to hear. You go to the person, you call them, and you go to in person with them, and you actually have a real conversation, and you become reconciled. That's what Jesus wants us to do. So really, those are the practicals. I already talked about the social media one. I guess that was my second one. Hilltop, let's stop letting the enemy sow these things into our relationships. God has called us to be a witness, the witness of the gospel to a broken, 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 broken world. It needs us more than ever. People are lost. People are hurting. Jesus said the church would be a, the, the vehicle for people to be healed and delivered and saved. He said that the church would be, uh, the, he would found the church upon a rock, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. This is what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a light to the world. But we can't be a light if we're letting the enemy tear us apart. So I want to pray in closing. Lord, I ask that you would help us to start to recognize the work of the enemy in our hearts and our minds. God, that you would give us the humility to stop assuming we know everything, Lord, but to instead submit it to you. God, that when we have emotions that want to pull apart our our relationships, God, when we have thoughts planted in our heads that want to pull apart our, our relationship, when we're starting to Uh, let something that someone said, something small, start to pull apart our relationships, Lord, that we would go to you in prayer and we would say, God, help me. I think I'm doing it again, God. I think I'm assuming the worst. Lord, I ask for your grace. Lord, give me the ability to see this person the way that you want me to see them. And then, Lord, I ask that you would give us the grace to go to one another. Lord, I pray over Hilltop, Lord, that you would make us a church that's unified. Lord, that shows the the prayer that you prayed in John 15, that we would be one as you are one. Lord, would you do it in us? And God, I ask that you would equip us with the practical tools, Lord, to manage our emotions, Lord, to not let these things run out of control, but Lord, to instead be reconciled to one another. Lord, that we could do church the way that you want us to do church. Lord, I pray over every single one of us, Lord, that you would give us a new grace in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so thankful for you guys um, tuning in and being part of the church. I encourage you, find ways to have real relationship this week. Find ways to connect with real people. There's people on this chat uh, of this stream There's a lot of ways that we have to connect as a church. I encourage you, if you can, come in person to church. We have safe ways of gathering. 
Um, come to prayer here at this, uh, in this prayer room on Wednesday nights. But let's not let the enemy tear us apart, church. We love you so much, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week.